0: in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections, you are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, 106, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website com. This portion of the program on this Monday is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Folks, they had a nice crowd there yesterday. Watch, that was a good Patriot win. Listen, uh, you know, not bad. Not bad. A little rough. But uh, all in all, that was a good Patriot win uh, for the most part. So, But check it out, and they'll have Monday Night Football tonight. It's the Lodge Pub and Eatery 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Or you could pop in right now for lunch all right i want to um get with some of the sound especially last night president biden did a big interview with uh, 60 minutes we're going to play that i also want to play listen to the florida lieutenant governor telling fox and friends that it is not true that florida paid to have them that they were misled so that's what um i want you to listen to that but, Lieutenant Governor, I wanted to actually give you an opportunity to respond to some of the things. So there are various accusations. Of course, you've seen it kidnapping. Um, human trafficking. Human trafficking. I, but I, do, I am curious about the details. So I know that these 50 Im- illegal immigrants came from Texas through the coordination with Florida. You're being accused of lying to the immigrants, illegal immigrants, about where they were headed. Um, that's one of the things in addition to the the kidnapping charges that are being thrown out is that true under what what was the? my
0: understanding is most of these all of this is under voluntary status when it comes to these immigrants headed north how was this coordinated
2: Well, those accusations are categorically false. Um, I think everyone that has some semblance of common sense can understand that uh, this was a voluntary program. Again, voluntary, meaning the individual, the illegal immigrant had to acquiesce. Uh, There was consent forms, there was information provided, a map, I understand, of Martha's Vineyard. Um, So all of this was done with full consent, full awareness. There was no lying, there was no duping. Uh, This was not like Biden's program of flying people People in the cloak of darkness, not informing the, uh, the the government, not informing us when we've requested information, we've had to sue the Biden administration for their catch and release policy. So all this was done absolutely under the sunshine if you will with ample information and these people opted to go there they came into florida and from there they went on to their final destination and again this was governor said very clearly uh this was a tool that we had in our disposal something that we got approved back in march um so now all of a sudden they come to the realization that for once a governor will do what he says and say what he does
1: yeah, very very powerful. As a matter of fact, let's go to um, uh, the New York City Mayor Eric Adams talking about uh, migrants being busted in New York City. Here we go.
3: Bringing the Mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Mayor Adams, thank you for joining us. Uh, so you you have said that New York is overwhelmed by this crisis. What are you being told by the Biden administration? <laughs> what are
4: they doing uh, to alleviate the situation? a, a, a pricey calls for coordination and uh, I traveled to Washington Uh, Last week, I spoke with uh, Senator Schumer, Senator uh, Gillibrand, and other lawmakers and sat down uh, with uh, the uh, Biden administration to talk about how do we coordinate. And their goal is to make sure that we get the resources and the coordination that's needed. Uh, As the mayor of El Paso stated, uh, these migrants and asylum seekers are not coming to any particular city. They're coming to America. This is um, an American uh, uh, crisis that we need to face, a humanitarian crisis that were made by human hands uh, by some of the governors in our southern.
1: And well, it's because you don't have a secure border. I mean, it comes back to not having a secure border. So, um, let me go to, this was 10 news conference, Ashley Kalis about Helena folks and Governor Ron DeSantis. Let me hear this. Is
5: it you like? You're
1: not- a, couple a couple of, of weeks go.
0: ago you were asked who your political hero was and you said DeSantis. Right. I yeah. asked you today who your political hero was and now you say Alina, folks? Well,
5: whoa, whoa. Well, Hold
0: I on. What okay. engine are we getting
2: off here, here?
5: Here's the thing is that you have look at certain things that you like. You're not gonna always like everything about everyone. So I was asked about DeSantis in an economic forum, and the reality is that uh, Florida is doing well economically. The economic policies are ones that are having businesses move there. There is economic success. We're talking about a leader now, when we're talking about Helena, we have somebody with grace, a record of success, and someone who put on a good fight. So you can you can put those two things together. They're separate comments, but it's all you know. Leadership is leadership. So there are policies that I admire, and there are people. And Helena is one of those. She ran a good race. She has a record of success, and um, and she's a great female leader. Like we should give credit. No matter what party you're in, to people who get in uh, the political ring when they don't have
0: to. If I heard right, you like so you like DeSantis the way he ran. He runs Florida. You didn't like that he sent us a couple of plane loads of of uh, migrants to. Martha's Vineyard. Uh,
5: correct. I am about so. the. You, economic, wouldn't like, would
0: you, you wouldn't like that if you did that to, to Rhode Island, would you?
5: As a governor of Rhode Island, I don't think any governor would like okay. would like to deal with that. I mean, that is, you're going to, we, we have a, a housing crisis now. Okay. We have a homelessness crisis. And so that would be difficult for any governor to deal with.
1: You know, um, again, I, I think, um, I know some people are upset. That she didn't fully back Governor DeSantis with that move i I recognize that, but she is trying to win a general election, and to me, somebody that's trying to do that she also what people have to understand is. She has to run. And the same thing with Chris the Mayor Alan Fung. They have to run. Folks, right now it's 1.13. Good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and FM. Right now that they they have to run the race that they're comfortable with. Period. And and they can't run or be something that that they're not comfortable with. They have to be exactly who they are. There were, that, there were people that never have liked the approach of Cranston Mayor Alan Funk. They feel that he's too much of a nice guy. He doesn't go for the throat. He is and runs campaigns that he's comfortable with. We're gonna find out whether or not it's enough. So they, the worst thing is when they are something that they're not. Let's go to ABC uh, this week. Jonathan Carl, is there a sense there's a strategy from this administration on the border crisis? Let's um, listen to this.
6: There is a strategy from the administration
7: on this. Not as of right now. It seems like they're trying to control it. But, you know, there also is no strategy or conversation on Capitol Hill. This was developing, of course, when, it, you know, we talk about flyout days, it, both the Senate and the House going out of town for the weekend. It might be a topic of conversation this week. However, it's right around the midterms. No one wants to talk about this except Republicans, of
6: course. Is there a sense that
7: there is a strategy from the administration? There sure is on not. Not as of right now, it seems like they're trying to control it. But, you know, there also is no strategy or conversation on Capitol Hill. This was developing, of course, when, it, you know, we talk about flyout days. It, both the Senate and the House going out of town for the weekend. It might be a topic of conversation this week. However, it's right around the midterms. No one wants to.
1: You know, I think it's, I think it's actually good timing for the midterms. Anything to shift it off, it's a problem. It's a problem, and I'm not convinced that it is it's not so much there's right now at 1.15, i I don't think I think the Democrats overplay their hand on this whole issue. I don't think everyone is as fully on board with this as people believe now. How about the fact when socket City Council to hold special emergency meeting on removing the mayor? Now this is back this was supposed to be last week. And then the mayor, I believe, got a a stay from the state Supreme Court. But it's happening again. So this is going to be back in action um, for this evening. Channel 10 has a piece on this. I want to hear
8: this. Here we go. in Woonsocket is trying to remove the mayor from her position, but the mayor has fought back, enlisting the state Supreme Court to hold up the process. NBC 10's Jody Reed is live for us outside City Hall, where the full council just made an important decision. Hey there, Jody, what's the latest?
7: Just after 9 a.m., city councilors voted unanimously to fund Councilwoman Denise Sierra's legal representation to fight Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt in a case that's right now before the Rhode Island Supreme Court. Starting Thursday, the SJC will hear arguments for a case regarding Mayor Baldelli Hunt's ability to serve the city of Woonsocket. Councilwoman Denise Sierra filed a formal complaint against the mayor, saying she is going directly against the council's wishes. The removal process was halted after Baldelli Hunt filed a court challenge. I think corner to corner, the complaint speaks for itself. There are nine charges in there that will be heard,
5: and the administration will have a chance to defend them, to prove that they're not true.
7: One example of the charges that Sierra provided was the construction of a pavilion at the dog park instead of at the animal shelter where the council wanted it. Baldelli Hunt noted some logistical challenges over that pavilion and the council's requested location. Attorneys for the mayor denied to comment on the legal matter, but they noted that she will continue to serve the city of Windsor. Baldelli Hunt has no opposition for re-election this year, setting her up for a fourth consecutive term as mayor. Councilwoman Sierra told NBC10 that she intends to follow through with this case, and she's hoping that the SJC will provide some justice for residents of Woonsocket. And at the very least, she's hoping that the mayor will change her leadership style in her next term. I, I hope that she works better with the incoming council than she has with you know, perhaps this outgoing council. I'm hoping for that.
1: Very dramatic.
7: Now all eyes will be on the state supreme court this Thursday as they decide whether the city council can continue to process the reviewing of Sierra's request to remove Baldelli Hunt from office. Live in Woonsocket, Jody Reed, C10 News.
1: Never a dull moment, folks. Never a dull moment in any way. Again, good afternoon. Right now, it's 118. You're listening to the John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always uh, listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. I want to go back to, so President Biden, uh, 60 Minutes kicked off their premiere last night of the new season. And so, you know, their big get, so to speak, um, was in fact President Biden. So, Here's where he talks about the classified documents the FBI found at the former President Trump's home. Let me hear this a little bit. Security secrets were revealed
6: by the storage of those documents at the former president's home.
9: I have not personally spoken to anyone on that, in that regard. I'm sure my administration is aware of all of that, and so is the National Security Council, but
6: I have not. Were you notified of the FBI's execution of a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago?
9: No, not ahead of time.
6: The FBI spread the documents out on a floor to make a record of what was found. When you saw the photograph of the top secret documents laid out on the floor at Mar-a-Lago, what did you think to yourself, looking at that image?
9: How that could possibly happen... I don't want anyone to be that irresponsible. And I thought, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? By that, I mean names of people who helped, or, et etc. And it's just uh, totally irresponsible. And you don't know what was in those documents? I have not asked for the specifics of those documents because I don't want to get myself in the middle of whether or not the Justice Department should move or not move on certain actions they can take. I, I agreed I would not tell them what to do and not, in fact, engage in telling them how to prosecute
1: or not. The, um, the government did get the documents back. I, I don't think they should prosecute on this. I don't think they should. They got them back. They shouldn't have been there. That Christina Bob, she she is incompetent. She is in trouble. She, as I said, was was covering the rally on Saturday. Um, but I don't, I don't think they should. I don't think they should go after President Trump. Um, this is last night. Sixty Minutes. Biden talks about COVID is it's over. Three years. Yeah. Is the pandemic
9: over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing.
1: And I think... This- I still see a lot of people wearing masks. Folks, good afternoon at 121. I don't know about you. I still see a lot of people wearing masks. I think this has been... um. I think this, 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 some people, it's just part of their identity. But I, I think, and I don't have a problem with it. I don't say anything if I see someone wearing a mask. Let me go to this. Um, David Place worries, What well, worries the most. Alan Funkman moderates the Republican majority in the U.S. House, almost ensuring none of the BS about cutting or privatizing Social Security will come true. Unless, of course, you're a millionaire like Magaziner. Then they should cut his and his friend's benefits. They they are very very concerned over President, uh, excuse me, Alan Fung's chances in CD two. Very very concerned over his chances in CD two. Let me go back to President Biden last night on sixty minutes. Doesn't it plan on changing the federal income tax bracket for individuals. Um. You know, this also, this business that he feels, you know, just watch me and that he's fine and that he's able to get everything done. I I don't find that in any way. If anything, they seem to be managing him better and trying to keep him out of, you know, certain situations. Where then he just, he still cannot find where he's supposed to walk off the stage. How about this? The mayor of New York is considering housing illegals on cruise ships.
3: I mean, I understand this this thing about the cruise ships. Is that really a possibility that you might be able to do
4: that? We're looking at that. That was something that the previous administrations, uh, Bloomberg administration, of my understanding, they looked at that during the surge. And so we're looking at that as a temporary measure, uh, not as a (laughs) permanent. On
1: cruise ships. Boy, they're living it up. Private jets. Private jets, cruise ships. Is is, Is there anyone... That thinks that somehow that this is a deterrent to people trying to enter the country illegally I mean if if anything if you heard they're flying them around on private jets and letting them on on cruise ships I don't um I don't don't think that's a deterrent. All right, let's go back to 60 minutes. Biden, watch me if you think I don't have the energy level uh, to do the job of president. president.
6: You are the oldest president ever. Pretty good shape, huh? Which leads to my next question. You are more aware of this than anyone. Some people ask whether you are fit for the job. And when you hear that, I
9: wonder what you think. Watch me. I mean, honest to God, that's all I think. Watch me. If you think I don't have the energy level of the mental acuity, then, then you know, that's one thing. That's another thing. I just watch and, and you know, keep my schedule, do what I'm doing. I, I think that uh, you know, uh, I don't when I sit down with our NATO allies and keep them together. I don't have them saying, "Wait a minute, well, how, how old are you? What do you what did say?" You know, I mean, it's a matter of you know that old expression: the
1: proof of the pudding's in the eating. He is clearly not up to the job. Let's go to people disapproving me because they're unable to be happy.
9: Your approval rating
6: in the country is well below 50 percent.
9: And I wonder why you think that is. This is a really difficult time. We're at an inflection point in the history of this country. We're going to make decisions and we're making decisions now that are going to determine what we're going to look like the next 10 years from now. I think you'd agree that the impact on the psyche of the American people as a consequence of the pandemic is profound. Think of how that has changed everything. The people's attitudes about themselves, their families, about the state of the nation, about the state of their communities. And so there's a lot of uncertainty
1: out there. Great- you know, it was, it was a close election. Um, It was a close election. They've done nothing to try to bring everyone together. I mean, they, they, folks, they just not even close, right? I mean, not even remotely close. When I played on on Meet the Press, how Kamala Harris, how, you know, she, she doesn't even talk to Republicans. That is not someone who's trying to represent everyone. That is someone that all they are interested in doing is supporting their party and their candidate and their people, their candidates, I should say. She's not looking to reach out to independents, God forbid, Republicans. They're looking to just continue to strengthen the base under any means necessary. I want to play a little bit. So the um, the Democrats, uh, Washington delegation and others got together to support Seth Magaziner. I want to play some of this. This is Johnston Mayor Joe Policina kicks it off. So he's obviously he's in with the Magaziner, obviously. Sure. That
0: Medicare was well funded, and that's very important to me. At 68,
3: Seth will not, Seth will not privatize Social Security or privatize Medicare. That's a dangerous,
1: dangerous thing to go into. Seth is a no-nonsense, no-frills public servant. He's there for the residents of Rhode Island. That's what I like about him. He rolls up his sleeves, gets to work, and gets the job done. We're in some uncertain times right now when insults are part of the playbook, not with the Democrats in Rhode Island, not with Seth Magaziner. Seth will not resort to any type of that type of representation. When Seth is elected to Congress, he will work for all Rhode Islanders and will work with both sides, which is very important. Elections are about choices. They are about priorities. They are about the direction of this great country. I can tell you it's absolutely clear that Seth is the right choice with the right priorities
6: and the right direction for the 2nd District. And to stand by Seth Magaziner and see to it that he takes care of the seat and does it with the same honor honor and the same dignity and the same class and the same values that Jim Langevin has for so many years. And that means protect Social Security and Medicare, it means protect the environment, it means protect women's rights, and it means protect democracy. I think Seth can win on that platform, and I'm proud to support him.
0: It's great to be here today in uh, support Seth Magazine. Uh, as I said many times since announcing uh, that I would not seek re-election, he has really been an incredible privilege uh, of a lifetime to represent Rhode Island's second congressional district in Congress. Uh, the job uh, that Seth is seeking is one that I've held for 22 years. Uh, so I know what it, the, the kind of person uh, that it takes to represent the district, and I know that Seth is the right person for this job uh, at the right time. After two uh, terms as, as state uh, treasurer, uh, Rhode Islanders know that Seth is an honest, decent, and hardworking public servant. He's helped Rhode Island make Critical
1: uh, investments you know, None of these individuals, except for Senator Reid, have a strong approval rating and he's laser So on lowering,
0: uh, cause for they can get out.
1: So that these
0: everyone things, can work with and can succeed
1: here. I don't see it
0: running because he's
1: none, none of them Bob. are that popular.
0: And he wants uh, to, to make sure uh, that uh, that uh, that everyone wants every Rhode Island to have the same quality of life that he wants for his son Max
10: elections have consequences and this election once again is one of the most consequential in our lifetime. Jim and I have a unique perspective on this as members of the House of Representatives because the House and Senate rules are different. The rules of the House give the majority party full control to set the agenda. They determine which legislation will come to the floor, which will advance, and what bills will never see the light of day. And in this very moment, a majority of Americans, 67%, believe our democracy is in danger. And that's why Rhode Island cannot send Alan Fung to the United States Congress, where his first vote would be to give Kevin McCarthy, a man who opposed certifying Joe Biden's election victory, total control of the House of Representatives. It's the vote that would set in motion an extreme national Republican agenda that in no way aligns with the values and priorities of Rhode
1: Islanders. You know, the... um... Folks, again, that's the strongest they can go. But in reality, and Good Afternoon at 1.30, you're listening to the John DiPietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I think a problem that they face is all of this hate and all the scare tax, uh, tactics they're trying. It, it doesn't match who former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. It doesn't match who he is. So therefore, you know they 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 um, they make all these these allegations, but then when when reality comes out, it it doesn't match everything that they've been. He doesn't match everything they've been warning about and screaming about. So that's where I think all of these talking points. They are definitely nervous. I think what also. Is throwing them is just how much the Republican Party is stepping up. Now, I also want to play so there was a protest at the Boston Children's Hospital, and the person that spoke is actually going to be in Rhode Island tonight, and it's generating a big buzz online. I want to play this is the Channel 7 piece on it.
11: Gender Health Resources gathering outside of Boston Children's Hospital today. Police were on the scene as both groups assembled on sidewalks outside the hospital. The hospital is the nation's first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program. Hospital officials say its staff has been harassed over the program. 37-year-old Westfield woman was charged last week. She's accused of making a false bomb threat against the hospital.
1: So they had um, quite a few counter protesters out there. And a lot of screaming and so forth. I, I don't know anything about that woman that phoned in the, um, the, the fake bomb threat. I mean, that is absurd. And whoever that is, you know, needs to be penalized for it. But it is going on in Rhode Island where they just don't want any discussion of it uh, anywhere. So here's the Channel 5 story on it
7: were met by dozens of counter
11: protesters outside the hospital today. Take a look at this video. In the video you can see some tense moments between those counter protesters and police. You can see the group in the middle of the street at times. Officers some in riot gear can be seen trying to get the group to move. The counter protesters can be heard chanting in support of trans youth. We know the protest was organized by a Canadian man opposed to gender affirming care. Boston Children's Hospital has been the recent target of threats over the hospital's transgender health program. A Westfield woman was arrested just last week after investigators say she called a fake bomb threat into the hospital. Now, Boston police say they were out here as a security detail saying the protest was a planned event, but are not commenting further. Live outside the hospital, Emily Maha, WCVB News Center 5.
1: Yeah, so that guy, he um, he's made the rounds. He's been on different shows. Um, he's doing a uh, forum they're discussing what goes on in different schools with Nicole Solis, friend of the program and um and already the amount of name calling of people of, of this should not be happening. these people should not be having any of this um they do a lot of name calling they're not they're not white supremacists they're not nazis it's just some people that. just some people that basically want to have a discussion about what's being talked about in the schools. But that certainly isn't the way that it it comes across. And or they're being depicted, I should say. Definitely not the way that they're being depicted. So, so Governor McKee, it is amazing. He had What should have been a huge week, but he had to kind of lick his wounds a little bit after the whole hang up situation. And the fact, listen, he got beat on primary day. He got beat last Tuesday. He did not win. All right, here's some other headlines. GOP loyalty to Trump over party dips to new low. Just a third of registered Republican voters call themselves a supporter of Trump over the Republican Party. You know, there's a couple things about that. The president has not caught any good headlines, meaning President Trump, number one. Number two... There are a number of, there's a number of Republicans who don't answer pollsters. So that skews it as well. I mean, you're talking about, they're certainly not talking to the people that were standing in Ohio holding up the number one for QAnon. I mean, that they definitely weren't. Virginia governor seeks to roll back transgender student protections, new policy. Students' participation in certain school programming use should be based on their biological sex. He is Governor Glenn Youngkin. He is someone to watch. I believe you never know what happens until they all get up on the debate stage. And President Trump on the debate stage in 2015 and 2016 was very different than President Trump being on the debate stage in 2023 if he does in 2024. But certainly 2023, big, big difference. Through those two, they're going to attack him. He will be attacked. Um. President Trump, right now, I think is he's kind of in a in a bubble a little bit. No one, no one, um, no one in his circle really disagrees with him, and as a result of that, you get a false sense of everyone who's out there. I think, you know, he gets on the debate stage. Next next spring is when they're going to start the debates. The uh, I know it still seems early, but the Iowa straw poll is, is next August. It's less than a year away. So they're going to start debating within the Republican primary, and we'll see what happens with Biden. But he's going to be eight years older than he was back in 2015. Okay, so what? He's eight years older, but... I think it makes a difference a little bit. I want to play some of uh, Meet the Press, and it's it's kind of this new. They call a Christian nationalist, um, and uh, Peter Baker of the New York Times was part of the panel touching on this. I want you to just hear this a little bit.
6: Some candidates that Trump has endorsed, mm-hmm. who are all sort of preaching this: "There's no wall yeah. uh, between church and state." Take
3: a look values are not particularly a Christian, but he recognized oh. 2016 something important.
1: Hold on, here we go.
6: Let put a mash together of, of some candidates that Trump has endorsed, yeah. who are all sort of preaching this, there's no wall yeah. uh, between church and state. Take a look.
2: And I'm tired of this separation of church and state junk.
6: In November, we're going to take our state back. My God will make it so. Yeah.
7: We need to be the party of nationalism, and I'm a Christian, and I say it proudly. We should be Christian
6: nationalists. Now, Donald Trump has embraced this. Evangelicals embraced Trump. It was sort of a grand bargain, right? They seem to get what they want, and it is fused into something else here. And you're reporting on Trump. How how does he view this sort of Christian uh, nationalism that, that is attaching itself to
3: Trumpism. Well, and he's very opportunistic, of course. Obviously, it's not saying anything surprising to say that Donald Trump is not exactly the most uh, religious person in the world. Uh, certainly, his values are not particularly Christian, but he recognized in 2016 something important. which is that These uh, Christian conservatives were important to his victory, right? That was something, therefore, he needed to pay attention to. He once told, the fact, Lindsey Graham, you played that uh, clip mm-hmm. from him earlier. He once told uh, Lindsey Graham about these pastors who called him to tell him they were praying for him in the middle of impeachment. He says, those effing Christians just love me. I mean, very opportunistic and kind of cynical about it, but he recognizes that it's important to his political success, and they have recognized that it's important, uh, that his success is important to them because he gave them a lot of what they wanted in terms of judges, in terms of policies. He was the most overtly anti-abortion president, and arguably the one most responsible for the overturning of Roe v. Wade.
1: You know, I I don't know how that's going to play on a national stage. I mean, definitely with the beast, but the Christian nationalists, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that, listen to this poll, uh, Republicans identify more with President Trump than with the Republican Party.
3: I want to start by one thing in your poll that was interesting. For the first time since you guys have been asking the question, you asked the question are you more of support of Republicans? Are you yeah. more of a support of Trump or more of support of the Republican Party? 33% is more than a and for the Republican Party. That's the lowest number since you guys have been asking that question. So mm-hmm. There is, I think, some disconcerting feeling for a lot of Republicans about whether they really want to be involved with him or not. It's it's not.
6: That in primaries,
10: that 33% right. is more than 50% in a primary right. electorate and that's in that
11: Yes, starting, quick, and 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 you're, you're starting to see that in these general yeah. election campaigns. People are distancing themselves from Trump, even the MAGA.
6: Oh, it, it's, it's, our yeah. New Hampshire friend is probably yeah. the most yeah. at 180. We don't have time for that quote.
1: That was um, Senator Baldock of New Hampshire that now is saying he does not believe that the election was stolen. So that's interesting, though. Uh, Republicans identify more with former President Trump, 58% than with the Republican Party. Lowest number since they've been asking. Um, I I don't think they have that right the way they describe it because I think it's the other way around. I think it's the other way around. Um, President Biden gets a a midterm bump thanks to President Trump. That's going to fade, though. That's, that's going to fade. I, I don't know about this business of the Christian nationalists. That seems like more something in the South. I want to play. This is where on Meet the Press, they play. They, uh, talk about the decision to fly the migrants to Martha's Vineyard. Jim,
6: I, the first thing I thought of is, he's shipping Venezuelans where? And he's not. You tell me. The politics of this in Florida for DeSantis, this has to be complicated, no? It is complicated, and frankly, it's putting at play three or four state legislative seats, maybe one congressional seat, that are fairly close at this point, where all of these people live. All of these uh, Democrat uh, Venezuelans live. I didn't understand the timing of it, and of course, I don't understand Why you do that? If I was DeSantis and fire those who put it together, he gave the green light to this project, but it could have been worse. People who were already qualified for asylum application, people who were where they were, they had the right to be, people who were lied to, people who were taking them at this vineyard, and people who weren't in Florida using Florida taxpayer dollars. And so I, I didn't understand any of it.
1: And then when I saw the small children, it just broke my heart. Oh, come on. uh, It was one. There's one. They got to fly in a private jet and dropped off in one of the nicest places in the in the Northeast. Oh come on! It's always but notice they always go about the children. I saw one. It was mostly mostly young guys in their twenties and thirties. That's who I saw that was on uh, that were flown to the vineyard. And there's some odd photos of them like doing gang signals with. I think the rep and, again, hey, they came in here and obviously, you know, they don't, they, you forfeit some of your rights when you illegally enter a country. Hey, folks, I'm looking, Um, boy, Puerto Rico just got annihilated with the storm and the rain. I think the entire island is without power. The entire island is without power and it is underwater. So, I want to check we have our um our friend Gio, who uh is in Puerto Rico. Let me see if he has any I want to see if he had anything uh, posted on it, but um let me see. Or uh they were li- I don't know if they were lied to. I'm not I'm not sure how you say People that break into the country illegally and enter, how you then say that they're they they're not supposed to be here in the first place. All right, let me see um I'm gonna just see if Gio has anything posted from Puerto Rico. No, he does not, but I maybe he has a lot going on. Hmm. I would think If the the entire island of Puerto Rico is without power, think of that. And then trying to get everything turned back on again. It's not like, you know, think when we go without power, what a drag it is. Now picture there. All right, let me go to this was um, yesterday on this week. Reporting from Texas about the Republican leaders in immigration again. Let me hear this.
3: On the border with Mexico and tracking the very
1: latest. Good morning, Ram. Hey,
11: good morning, John. Look, as you know, border cross. Bussings is nothing new, and politicians using immigration to rile up a certain amount of people, that is nothing new either. But I have lived on the border, grew up on the border, and have been covering immigration for well over a decade. Right now, this busing situation, that is fairly new. But for people living here in El Paso, the city leaders here, this isn't about politics. This is absolutely about people. Martha's Vineyard, a remote island off the Massachusetts coast, is hardly the expected battleground for America's immigration crisis. But this week, it was after Florida's Republican governor flew about 50 migrants to the island. Governor Ron DeSantis taking ownership, saying this draws attention to what he calls an ineffective immigration system. It's
6: only when you have 50 illegal aliens end up in a very wealthy rich sanctuary enclave that he decides to scramble on this
11: el paso now averaging 1300 migrants a day an influx so daunting the city had to open an emergency processing facility is this city at a breaking point
3: we, we, we're at a critical point. We, we need something to happen.
11: Most of these families are from Venezuela, fleeing economic hardship and an oppressive government. El Paso now hiring its own charter buses to help move migrants north, most of them heading to New York. Since July, the city has spent more than a million dollars on bus transportation. The act of busing is... A necessity for you guys.
6: We do not have the shelter capacity as you've seen you know on top of the the people we're bringing in you know there's over a thousand releases to our community a day.
11: Separately Texas Governor Greg Abbott bussing some 11,000 migrants north so far. New York's mayor says the city needs more resources.
4: We need help. We have not been ashamed to say that we need help.
11: In the last month, migrants bust to Chicago and Washington D.C. And just one day after DeSantis flew migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Another group from Texas, sent by Governor Abbott, dropped off right in front of Vice President Kamala Harris's home. Many say they didn't expect to end up here. Immigration attorneys working with the groups now say the migrants were lied to.
8: They were
2: told there was a surprise present for them, and that there would be jobs and housing awaiting for them when they arrived. This was obviously a sadistic lie.
11: Governor DeSantis defending the tactic.
0: They're given a a good ride. They're given everything. And that's just, you know, it's a humane thing to do.
11: The president calling this a political stunt. It's un-American. It's reckless. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. Volunteers helping migrants now sleeping on the streets say that help can't come fast enough. Any concern about how long the city can sustain helping the mass of people that are coming through here
10: well that's always a concern but it's a matter of just keeping it together and keep helping not just keep up on them just you know we'll find a way we always do
11: and john just to be very clear these are not illegal aliens it is Not okay to say that these are migrants, asylum seekers, that have been processed by our own very border patrol right here in El Paso. I have to also say, for moving forward, El Paso says right now they don't need a surge of people coming from the feds. What they do need is transportation. They're even talking about maybe setting up a temporary shelter funded by the federal government. That is what they need right now
1: on the border. You know, um, this whole business, though, they're asylum seekers. They're not illegals. I, I, don't, I, I, don't pers- I don't buy into the whole thing. I just do not. Folks, good afternoon. Right now, it one forty nine, and you're listening to The John DiPietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program brought to you by Matthews Oil Company. They'll keep you warm this winter. Call right now and set up delivery with Matthews Oil Company, 401 942 7500. 24 emergency service, complete service, residential, commercial cust- uh, customers over four generations. Matthews Oil Company, 401 942 7500. Celebrating 90 years of service, heating oil. They also do service and maintenance. 24 emergency service, Matthews Oil Company, 401 942 7500. Now, I want to also replay. I believe this could be a big night. Uh, We'll see what happens as far as the mayor of Woonsocket, where once again, they are trying to remove the mayor. And Channel 10 has, I think it's a decent package on it, kind of sums it up a little bit. Last week, this was supposed to happen with the, but the Rhode Island State Supreme Court, they intervened and seemingly put an end to it. Or stopped it, I should say. So, but they are going to hold a special emergency meeting on removing the mayor. So, I want to play. Channel Ten has a little package. I think it gives some some background. I don't know if they're gonna. um, The mayor is going to be able to stop this or if in fact this is going to proceed. This is the channel 10 package. In Socket
8: is trying to remove the mayor from her position. But the mayor has fought back, enlisting the state Supreme Court to hold up the process. NBC 10's Jody Reed is live for us outside City Hall, where the full council just made an important decision. Hey there, Jody, what's the latest?
7: just after 9 a.m., city councilors voted unanimously to fund Councilwoman Denise Sierra's legal representation to fight Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt in a case that's right now before the Rhode Island Supreme Court. Starting Thursday, the SJC will hear arguments for a case regarding Mayor Baldelli-Hunt's ability to serve the city of Woonsocket. Councilwoman Denise Sierra filed a formal complaint against the mayor, saying she is going directly against the council's wishes. The removal process was halted after Baldelli Hunt filed a court challenge. I think corner to corner, the complaint speaks for itself.
5: There are nine charges in there that will be heard, and the administration will have a chance to defend them to prove that they're
7: not true. One example of the charges that Sierra provided was the construction of a pavilion at the dog park instead of at the animal shelter where the council wanted it. Baldelli Hunt noted some logistical challenges over that pavilion and the council's requested location. Attorneys for the mayor denied to comment on the legal matter, but they noted that she will continue to serve the city of Woonsocket. Baldelli Hunt has no opposition for re-election this year, setting her up for a fourth consecutive term as mayor. Councilwoman Sierra told NBC10 that she intends to follow through with this case, and she's hoping that the SJC will provide some justice for residents of Woonsocket. And at the very least, she's hoping that the mayor will change her leadership style in her next term. I, I hope that she works better with the incoming council, than she has with, you know, perhaps this outgoing council. I'm hoping for that. You know, all eyes will be on the state Supreme Court this Thursday as they decide whether the city council can continue to process the reviewing of Sierra's request to remove Baldelli Hunt from office. Live in Woonsocket, Jody Reed
1: and C10 News, folks. This portion of the John DiPietro show on this Monday is brought by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. There's a delicious meal, lunch out on the deck, in the lounge, in the dining room. Great food is waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. I also just want to play the piece. It was a terrible crash in Attleboro. My God, I feel terrible with those uh, two young. Teenagers that were killed. They believe crash played a factor in it. But the, I mean, we haven't had one of those in a while. It's almost reminiscent of what it was like, like in the, that I remember growing up many years ago, where young people would get behind the wheel. Um, but just uh, terrible. Listen to this story out of Attleboro.
5: Heartbroken after two Attleboro teens were oh. killed after their car slammed into a tree this morning. Oh. Good evening. I'm Molly Levine. NBC 10's Gabrielle Caracciolo is live in Attleboro with what we know so far.
2: Hey, Gabrielle.
8: Hey, Molly, just a heartbreaking story here in Attleboro. Friends of the two teens that died this morning have been coming and putting together a makeshift memorial here behind me. Police say that the teen's car crashed this morning near South Avenue and West Street. And we do want to warn you that some of these images uh, may be hard to watch. Brutal. Around 4.30 Sunday morning, a car crashed into a tree. Mangled. Two Attleboro men. Uh. Police say they were 18 and 19 years old. The single car crash happens near the intersection of South Avenue and West Street in Attleboro, just down the road from a similar crash that left one man dead in August.
6: A lot of people just hit the acceleration and they just go and then it does bend, uh, probably about a third of a mile up the road. And where it bends, that's where some accidents have, you know, There there seem to be happening in that area. Uh.
8: Mayor Paul Hero says speeding is frequently a problem in the area.
10: It appears that it may have been a factor in this crash.
8: He says police do monitor speed on the road, but it isn't always enough.
10: Do your part
6: to drive safe. Responsibly. You know, know, the police can't be everywhere to enforce traffic rules. And, uh, you know, it's, it's incumbent upon, you know, the driver's to make sure they're driving in a way that is safe for them, but also other people
7: on the road.
8: Attleboro police say the cause of the deadly crash is still under investigation. <laughs> Attleboro police have not yet released the identities of the two teens that killed here this morning. We'll be sure to keep you updated on air and online at turn210.com as we learn more. Live in Attleboro, Gabrielle way
1: You know, folks, so terrible. Um, just, and if you saw some of the photos with the 4.30 in the morning... 18, 19 years old. Michael Ward from Attleboro and Benjamin Kelly from Attleboro. Eighteen and nineteen. Slow down. Ah. Terrible. And obviously I, I I we don't know enough yet of how much you know substance could have played into that. But now earlier was in fact the funeral. Of the Queen, it's finally over. <laughs> and all the drama played out. I, I was just surprised that no one went to counter-programming. That everyone carried it. Um, that not, I don't know, just someone would have said, all right, via Fox, MSNBC and CNN are carrying it. So we'll just do a normal show, I would think. But obviously, they, everyone came into it. Right now, it's it's 157. So, now, one the big um, news, folks, is the amount of um, authorities seized 660,000 pills. The U.S. attorney, who normally does not have a press, you know, he keeps a low profile, U.S. attorney for Rhode Island, Zachary Kuna. Dylan Rodas, 27 of Cumberland, arrested in charge, biggest seizure of fake Adderall pills in the country, charged with possession intent to distribute 500 grams or more, methamphetamine, ongoing months-long investigation. They seized two locations in Cumberland. They seized 660,000 fake Adderall pills. Or 660 pounds and a bucket of 40 pounds of methamphetamine mixture. Roughly the weight of a VA car engine or a baby grand piano. Pills have an estimated street value of 4.6 million. Hey, I come back to how are they getting over the border? No one talks about that. No one talks about that they have to stop this stuff coming over the border. Or at least I don't hear anyone talking about that. And that, that is a huge part of Biden with the keeping right now it's it's an open we have an open border. And no one is even denying that as a matter of fact. So we can't have an open border. You know, as President Trump said, listen, either you're gonna have a country or you're not gonna have a country. All right, at one fifty nine, folks are listening to the John DePietro show. So it should be interesting tonight with the mayor, whether or not they can remove her. Coming up, you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news. I will be doing Facebook Live later. Remember, visit the website, dpetro.com and then Wednesday and Thursday of this week, we will broadcast from our nation's capital. Hold their feet to the fire. It's uh, two days, and you're going to hear everyone involved with illegal immigration. In the meantime, listen, enjoy this Monday. We are back on the radio tomorrow at 11 and stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news. WNRI,
3: Woonsocket.
1: W260DC.
4: W-N-R-I.